Phaser Update for October 6th, 2019. I'm Felipe Belfort. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Sologi. And I'm Lee Lamb. And, uh, yeah, we have an interesting week this week. Um, well, Lee's back, for one, so, uh, yeah, the show should be very entertaining, I, w- I would hope. Yeah. Uh, and we have some stories that, well, yeah, that's... We have some bullshit. Yeah, as <laughs> as the industry is wont to do, they, they've done some stupid stuff. Uh, yeah, so we'll get to all of that and. But before we do, uh, well, what we usually start off with is uh, what we've been playing. And I don't have a whole heck of a lot more to report other than last week. Uh, I'm still playing PC Building Simulator. I'm plugging away at it, level uh, level 18. I just got access to uh, 2nd Gen Ryzen and B450 and B uh, X470 boards, so I'll be using those in my build now. Uh, I'm finding that uh, you're getting, you get pretty decent budget for uh, client PCs. So that means I can get into the water cooling stuff, which is really fun. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's 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 entertaining. The only thing I really I'm like really irritates me is like some of these clients will send you emails they'll say, uh, yeah, could you get this could you ever clock the CPU to like four point seven gigahertz? I, I I could if you would tell me what CPU you want. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I'm so in the dark about that game. Is it you run a PC shop and you make PCs for people? Yeah, you start off doing simple stuff like you know just doing repairs and diagnostics, and eventually you start getting uh, orders for custom PCs, and you do it that. gets weird. Gets, yeah, yeah, and then um, somebody uh, gets a buys a particle accelerator that they need a PC to power it. So yeah, stuff starts happening. What? <laughs> it's it's quite uh, it's quite entertaining. I'll give you that. Uh, so. I just the thing I don't know. I just heard about it and it was just like, so wait a minute, you you want me to have a job as a as a game? <laughs> yeah. I already got one of those. Like, yeah. I was actually I was having that conversation with my kid the other day. He's like, what if there was this game? I don't remember what his idea was. It was just, what if there's this game and you could do this thing in it? And I was like, Nathan, that sounds an awful lot like a job. Yeah. And now we and have jobs to play. I don't want to play a game where I have a job. I've already got a real job that I have, you know, takes up way too much of my time. And now you want me to play a game about a job? I don't, I don't understand that. And then here's ironic. Now it's, you're playing a game apparently while you have a job. But at least it sounds like it might be kind of interesting. Like, I guess like we all like fucking with PCs. So I guess that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, it, it's you know it's entertaining. It's fun. Let's see. It's easy because you know that's you only have a certain amount of things that could go wrong. So you know, do you I, have you have you learned anything? Like well, is, this, is this is this edu software or, or edutainment or whatever? Well, there is actually a, a tutorial on how to build a PC, which is pretty much you know on on the money about what it's that's what you're cool. doing. Um, so, you know, I, I guess it's educational in that, uh, in that regard, but yeah. Cause I had somebody tell me about like, I think it's like a car mechanic simulator or something like that. Yeah. And they were like, I legit feel like I know how to work on cars now. And <laughs> I was like, well, I guess actually that's something that you could do. It'd be really interesting with software. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but there's also the house flipping simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Where basically the whole point is renovating and flipping houses. Yeah. Yeah, though that's a nightmare simulator of what other people do in their houses. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, like, like, oh, like having their water heater destroy yeah. the house. Yeah. 
You know, like uh, we were on vacation and some squatter came in and got arrested by the police after a few days. Now you need to clean this place up after what he did in there. And it's like, oh. let's just sell the house because this, this yes. isn't worth it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, nope. yeah, is there an option to fucking nuke it from orbit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, apart from that, well, I've just been doing some emulation stuff. Uh, still really enjoying the uh, that 8-bit Do M30 controller. Uh, been using it with my Raspberry Pi wirelessly. It works really well. Is that the Genesis one? Yeah. It's well. It's kind of like a hybrid of a Genesis and a Saturn controller. Uh, so it works. It's very nice. They say yeah, there's supposed to be a lower latency version, of, but that one requires its own dongle. So I didn't go with that one. I just went with the Bluetooth one, and I don't find latency to be a problem. So I don't know what people are talking about, but yeah, it's a good little controller if you. If you want something Genesis themed, you know that's definitely a good way to go. Also works on the Switch, so that's nice. I like their uh, I like their Super Nintendo stuff. Yeah, yeah, they've been doing some good stuff lately. It's, uh, I gotta try their SN30 Pro Plus. Uh, Is that the one with the handles, or just the? It looks like a Super Nintendo controller. It's got the extra buttons. It's the. Uh, it's yeah. It kind of looks like a Super Nintendo with extra buttons and analog sticks. Yeah, I've got that one. Hmm. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. I, but mine was, they have another one, I guess, that comes with handles. Mine did not have handles because I, I still wanted it to feel like legit, I guess. The only problem that, the only thing that's a little off to me is since it's got both, it's got the, the left and right uh, bumpers as well as the ZL and ZR buttons, yeah. the, the left and right triggers are way smaller than what they should be. That's the only issue I have with it. Yeah, I think the, the one that has the handles, the, those buttons are actually bigger. So you know, that may be uh, something to look at. Anyways, but yeah, that's kind of been it for me. What about you, Pat? Um, nothing really groundbreaking to report here. I've been playing my NHL 20 and my Shadowbringers, and that's been that's been perfect, really. Um, just helping more friends get into them, and you know, taking in the online gaming to unwind from work. So, yeah. Uh, is NHL 20 pretty good online, or you haven't? Oh done yes, that? Yeah. they just took all of the um, all of the social stuff that they added last year, and they've just been enriching it. Um, definitely um, a prime era to get into this series because there there are so many things to do. Yeah, uh, you can take you know. 10 different people and they're all going to be playing the game differently somehow. Hmm. So it's really a, an experience you can tailor to your own, um, to your own tastes. Yeah. Cool. I keep saying I'm going to get back into it and yeah, I think this might be the year I do it. I, I want, I want something like, you know, more methodical as far as managerial goes. So uh-huh. like this might be, uh, right up my alley. Oh, yeah. So, how about you, Brandon? Uh, yeah, well, I'm still playing Control. Um, at least until, you know, early next week when Cold Steel 3 comes out. Yeah. Uh, I say early, yeah. 14th, that's right. So, yeah, early next week. Um, but, uh, yeah, I finished the main campaign, so I'm now in the uh, post game, and which is fairly expansive, I will say. Um but yeah, it's it becomes more and more SCP the action game. <laughs> uh, the further you get into it, 
Um, there's literally like a whole point of the game where your mission is to try and track down like rogue, what they call objects of power, which is basically just like it's just like it's literally just like random mundane items that suddenly end up getting imbued with some kind of preternatural force, and so. You know, like it's th- it's literally things like you know a uh, house plant or a oscillating fan or a traffic light or a refrigerator stuff like that. And in order to like deal with them, basically they escape from what's called the Panopticon, which really is just straight up the SCP facility. <laughs> it really is. To be honest with you, I would play the shit out of an SCP the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, there technically is an SCP, the game, but really? it's like one of those, uh, it's a survival horror thing, Oh, but it's one of those first person survival horror things. So it's kind of like the Slender Man game, but, yeah. uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. Um, God, that game really does get just super weird towards the end of it though. Um, and I've also noticed that there ain't a whole lot of it that they actually go into detail about some of this stuff because I'm guessing they're, you know, that's for the DLC and the spinoffs. Speaking of which, uh, mm-hmm. this game is 100% in the Alan Wake universe. Okay. It actually is. Didn't in fact, uh, yeah, um, towards the end of the game, you will start coming across some documents that specifically reference uh, Alan Wake himself and the whole thing that goes down in that game. Hmm. Um, and uh, you find out that uh, apparently the uh, or the Bureau of Control was actually the Federal Bureau of Control was actually in the aftermath of all that crap, cleaning it up and trying to you know deal with all of it. Hmm. Um, apparently, they even bling Alan Wake himself in for questioning for a bit. Um, but yeah, so I'm thinking some of the DLC is probably going to bring Wake into it yeah. um, later on. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely one of those games where... Oh, and uh, I should probably remind people, I played the PS4 version. So uh, for those who don't really know, um, for... I'm, and I guess it was uh, Phil who pretty much explained this to me. Um this is basically uh, Remedy's first PS4 game, which means that they were still sort of getting used to the engine. And because of that, in the PS4 version, there are parts where like some graphical textures don't quite load as fast as some of the others do. Like you'll come across like you know like photographs or images on chalkboards or stuff like that. And for some reason, they take a little while to load before the other stuff does. Mm-hmm. There's also some frame rate issues when, uh, you know, the, the uh, area you're in suddenly gets filled with enemies. The frame rate will drop a bit. Um, and I did have the game actually crash on me once. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, those, that was the, those were the only issues I really had. Well, that and the fact that towards the end, the combat gets stupid hard. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's me. So, Chris, what about you? Yeah, so uh, I got one new game this week, Frostpunk. 
Oh, uh, yeah. I got a code for that and on the version? PS4 version. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it is the, if you don't know, it's from the same developer as uh, This War is, This War of Mine. Mm. Yep. A uh, very depressing game, and this is not that different. <laughs> nope. Uh, it's set in a, a future weather apocalypse where the world has been sort of frozen over and snowed over. Uh, and you have, I guess, like the last uh, group of humans. Uh, and you have some sort of accident. Uh, it's not actually to... the future. It's actually the Victorian era. Okay, but either way, it's uh, set in like a, an apocalyptic scenario where mm-hmm. you're trying to get these humans to safety. Some shit happens, and you kind of set up your uh, base for whatever reason in this like hole in the ground. Essentially, like this, uh, they never really explain why they are in the hole instead of outside of it. Uh, it's just this big giant furnace with this circular area uh, around it uh, that you can start building homes on or like tents on uh, and other buildings. And sort of as you're uh, managing these uh, groups of people, sending them out to these uh, little material uh, pockets to farm it and bring it back, uh, stuff like that, you get the uh, – you kind of need to keep growing your areas and like the heat is a very uh, necessary thing to worry about uh, getting your furnace running, upgrading it, because uh, the buildings have to stay warm enough to keep your people safe. Mm-hmm. So if uh, there are temperature levels for that where if it's low enough, they get more likely to get sick, uh, stuff like that. And you kind of have these two meters, uh, hope and discontent, that are sort of uh, summarizing like how good your people are feeling. Uh, and along the way, you're kind of setting up laws that are a little bit weird. It's basically like your tech tree for the the community itself. Mm-hmm. So like a, you might have a law that's like, uh, we're going to set up these health clinics to help people that get sick, uh, get them healthy again. So you see a couple comments from people. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Like one I enabled was for child care centers. Mm-hmm. You could do that. Or some of them have options for two different uh, versions, like child care centers or you set up child labor. And so I set up the, the child care center and like one of the comments like, but we need more people to work, put the kids to work kind of thing. Need, uh, need to, I need to get some more pylons. Yeah, and the the next part of that, uh, I set up uh, them to get educated for medical work. And people are like, oh yeah, that's that's a good idea, all that sort of stuff. And you get you can see before you do it, like this is gonna increase uh, your discontent, or uh, you're gonna get more hope out of this. And usually, it adds some sort of new building or upgrade for your area, uh, for your community. Uh, and some of them are a little bit weird, it's like. We're going to have soup in the food kitchens, uh, which creates discontent because it's like watering down the food supply you have uh, to make it uh, last longer. There's also the other part of that is like you create this kind of like casserole, I guess. It's like you're adding sawdust to the food, which makes it more likely to get them sick. Uh, that's that kind of stuff. So you're making some decisions where it's like, it's, it's gonna, like Taco Bell meat. Yeah, it's you're not going to win either way. Uh, depending on which uh, law you put into uh, you enact, but uh, it's kind of an interesting kind of way of having this whole thing. So this uh, first one I've been doing, uh, there are some points where like the you have weather uh, events. Like uh, I had one where it went from zero degrees uh, Fahrenheit to negative forty for like two days. Ooh. So basically, you can't have uh, 
any of your people outside, I was like, uh, I'm going to try it. Those people got sick and started dying off after a few days. Uh, so yeah, like I'm in a bad run right now. So I might keep pushing to see if I can turn it around, but it's definitely kind of has a little bit of like civilization in there where you're like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. So I'm going to try this out and see how it goes. And then you get a uh, better for your second or third times. Yeah. Uh, they have, they have like a general campaign mode that what is I'm working on. Uh, but they also have some specific scenario stuff you can do, uh, that I'll probably check out as well. But, uh, yeah, uh, going to do that for a stream tonight. And, uh, that'll be fun and depressing at the same time. Oh yeah. <laughs> Later on in that game. Um, I, cause I've played it before. Yeah. Uh, if things get particularly bad, one of the options you can actually uh, choose is cannibalism. Yay! Oh, yeah. That sounds likely. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. That game is not one to play if you need a pick me up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it's still entertaining uh, in a sense. Mm. And yeah, it works really well on consoles because you can. It's just a simple uh, set of controls. Mm. Uh, and you can pause the time at any point to let yourself make some choices without having to worry about time running off, mm. uh, like build, setting up uh, new buildings to get made and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it works out pretty well on consoles. So yeah, that's out on the 10th, I think. Uh, so yeah. Um, I finished Untitled Goose Game, mm. uh, and that's a, that's a fun ending. Uh, they give you... I was on the final area, I guess I didn't realize, but yeah, once you beat it, uh, you kind of go to this next area, and then they give you like a final challenge that tests your ability to uh, run away from all the humans. And they set up a uh, definitely a challenge, because like, you set up all these uh, uh, shortcuts between areas, and they start locking them all up. you got to mm-hmm. go through all the other areas you've been through, and you got to fight a bunch of people, but essentially... Uh, to get this thing uh, back through all the areas. Uh, and then kind of you reach the end and it sets you up uh, with some new stuff to do. Hmm. Uh, as well as it sets up some speed run challenges as well. Since I guess there's a bell that rings at a certain point, I never noticed because I was too busy uh, annoying people. Uh, but it's like, hey, you have to get through this area, and this area, and this area, and this area before the bell rings. It's like, I, don't, I have no idea when that is. Hmm. But it's set up like some uh, speed run possibilities because uh, you don't necessarily need to do all the challenges to get to the next area. You just kind of have to uh, reach a certain point with them. And I think people have been uh, doing some speed run stuff on this game. It's down under ten minutes at least right now. Mm. Mm. So there's a, a good little speed run community on that game. Mm. Uh, that would that would be one of the more entertaining speed runs you could find because they have to annoy people along the way. Mm. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, been playing Destiny Two, uh, playing some more on PC, and that game, that game showed me that uh, preloading on Steam sucks. It's awful because <laughs> uh, basically you have to. I think you have to have double the space. Yeah, because it's got to decrypt it afterwards. Yeah, and I didn't realize yeah, that. That, so. that blows. Mm. So, like huge games, you probably don't want to pre-order or preload at least. Because mm. I was, uh, yeah, I downloaded because it's like. Hey, you can preload now. It's like, okay, cool. That'll save me time. Uh, and then I get to Tuesday, and it's like, hey, we need you to free some space up. We're not going to tell you how much space. Uh, we just need you to free it up. I was like, uh, okay. I delete a couple smaller games. Like, 
okay, it's probably going to need double the space. And I had like 90 gigs for this 80 gig game. <laughs> so I'm not deleting my big games uh, for that. So I just deleted it and re-downloaded it. <laughs> and it's like, all right, you're good to go. Because mm. it was past launch. Didn't have to worry about anything else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that PC port also has uh, a neat thing I, s- I haven't seen really in PC games. is uh, It shows you in the graphics options like how much VRAM you have on your card. Mm. And so, like, as you're changing different settings, it'll be like, okay, this is, you know, fills up or uh, takes off your bar uh, appropriately. So you can actually see, like, okay, what stuff I can do and what I can't do with my current graphics card. Mm. Uh, Which is actually useful. Uh, More useful than most PC games, which is like, hey, here's a list of things. Try and figure out what you can do. Because we're not going to tell you. And you're using too much if it starts bringing your computer to its knees. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this at least makes it more comprehensible, like what, uh, how it's affecting your, or how it can fit in your VRAM, hmm. those different upgrades. So, yeah, I made some changes. That I need to restart the whole thing, so I just uh, quit the game. Didn't come back yet. Um, but yeah, the there are some weird things uh, with the cross play on that stuff or the the cross save stuff. Uh, since you don't have your expansions between different platforms. Uh, there are some scenarios where, like, I can't get the bounties from Air Smart on the Moon because that's uh, requires Shadow Keep, the new expansion. There's also some collectibles that are specific to Shadow Keep. That seems like a little bit too small, but I guess they're it's a little bit weird in that stuff. Like, I would I like it if like the bigger uh, campaign stuff and uh, strikes and raid stuff was just specific to the campaign versus all the every little tiny thing. Uh, that could be better, but the, I think the uh, the battle pass they have for that also is uh, completely cross-platform. Hmm. Once you have it on one, it's active on all the others, so that as you do bounties and such, uh, you get the XP progress no matter where you're playing it from. So that at least uh, works out pretty well. But uh, yeah, that's been uh, that's been fun to jump back into, and I uh, also played a bit more of Creature in the Well on Xbox. Uh, through Game Pass, and I was uh, annoyed a bit because their reward quest for the month, uh, two of them seemed like they could you could play Creature in a Well, uh, get achievements, and make progress in them. And I found out, oh, the one that shows the picture, it has like a group of like 30 games you can play. And it's not actually in the games, even though it's pictured on the, the banner for it. <laughs> I was like, well, that's just stupid. Mm. Especially when it's like, oh, here's all these recent games. I was like, this is pretty recent. You should, uh, I have the picture in the the banner if it's not going to actually count. So that's just annoying. But they're doing that weird uh, promotion uh, where you can get like a free month of Game Pass Ultimate by completing a bunch of different goals, which requires a lot of work. Because uh, it's like you got to do the weekly sets, three weekly sets in the app on the console, uh, which means at least three weeks out of the month you got to pay attention to that stuff. Uh, I also got to do daily sets on the PC, stuff on the phone. You have to do uh, a bunch of stuff like that. That's like, ah, oh, you guys are going to make everybody work real hard for this stuff. Mm. Or at least waste a bunch of time. Uh, which is fine, I guess. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird little promotion. But yeah, that's been uh, pretty much it. How about you, Lee? Uh, well, I haven't actually been able to play much since I've been dealing with the, the flood in my basement. But, um, 
since we, they, they were actually finally able to clean up some of the, the damage down here, I've been able to play some. So, um, actually, all the big stuff I've been playing is Ghost Recon's Wildlands, um, or Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um, I've been going through the campaign with uh, one of uh, one of our friends from Game Addicts, Area Gray, and um, so I've been doing that. And I I have played um, some of uh, Breakpoint. And I know we're going to be talking about that because uh, Jim Sterling was talking about it. Um, and there's definitely some similarities. There's definitely some stuff that's absolutely not nearly as good um, from the difference between, like, uh, Wildlands and, and Breakpoint. But I don't think it's as quite as cynical as uh, Sterling has mentioned. But it's still still uh, still not that great. Um, Wildlands, on the other hand, I think I, – I, I didn't play it when it came out. So I know a lot of people said it was in just a, just a shit state. Um, and I don't know, again, I, I don't know what, I didn't play it at that time, so I never had that issue. Um, and so what I'm playing of it now, I really enjoy. Um, and it's a lot of fun with co-op. That's the only way I'm playing it. I'm not playing it by myself. So I'm enjoying that. I've also been working my way through, uh, Dragon Quest Eight because I modded my 3DS to get the orchestral soundtrack, uh, into the game rather than the shitty, uh, MIDI soundtrack that they had. Um... And so I've been enjoying that. It's just a lot of fun to go back to that one. I never beat that one, actually. Um, and then, you know, when the generation switch happened, when we went from PS2 to PS3, I never really got a chance to go back. Um, so playing uh, playing it has been has been really neat, especially with some of the additions. Like, um, you know, there is definitely a, a graphical hit. It's not too bad. I think, I think a lot of the people that are making the comparisons, like in saying the graphics in the 3DS version are just shit, I think are looking at, like, emulated screenshots and not what the game actually looked like when it was out on PS2. Uh-huh. Um, so it's not it's not that much different. Um, yeah, just like I said, I've just really, really been enjoying that and just kind of going back to it. And I play Dragon Quest probably a little bit differently than other people. I don't tend to rush through them. I'll play them, like, an hour at a time, like, every other day or something like that. So I just kind of make my way through it. So I probably won't be finished with this one for, like, six months. Uh, but... Uh, again, just still really enjoying it. I, I really like seeing the monsters on the field rather than just being uh, random encounter central. That is awesome. Um, and I've been playing a little bit of WoW. Um, there's a raid coming up for the 15-year anniversary that it's going to be like four wings. See, three or four wings, something like that. It's either nine or 12 bosses. And it's basically bosses from all of WoW's history. And at the end, you get like a, a, a really badass mount. So I've jumped back in just to make sure that my character has a high enough gear level uh, to be able to uh, do that raid. Um, I did play Classic WoW for a little bit before the Flood, and, uh, man, I forgot how ugly that fucking game was. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, this shit is ugly. It's, it's ugly. It's ugly as fuck. And, uh, but, you know, there seems to be, like, a solid player base for it. A lot of people are really liking it, and I'm, I'm real I'm real curious to see what BlizzCon is going to be like this year because I think... <sighs> I think the amount of people that have have flooded from WoW to Classic WoW, I mean, Blizzard is a company that's really big on analytics, mm. and so they have to see this, right? Like, they have to know how many people are like, you know, fuck retail, like, we're going to go play Classic. Like, they have to see that. And so I don't mm. know if, if they're looking at that in a way that, you know, a lot of companies would look at um, – oh, well, these people would never play the regular game anyway. So I don't know if they're looking at it like that or if they're going to sit there and go, well, look, you know, there's there's definitely something to some of the systems 
that we had in in classic WoW. You know, maybe we should look at uh, try and figure yeah. out where the whole thing went tits up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where do we let's figure out what we can bring in from the classic uh, version of WoW to uh, retail version. And, and the biggest thing that you'll see a lot of people talking about is it really is about a sense of community. Like WoW as it stands now, you can do most everything by yourself. And the big draw of classic for a lot of people was you really can't accomplish very much unless you're helping each other out. So there was a, there was a level of forced interaction um, in vanilla WoW uh, that you just simply don't see in, in current WoW. Like, like in a, just a perfect example, in, in regular WoW, uh, in, in current retail WoW, you can go get into a fight. And if you're decently geared, you can take on anywhere from 5 to 12 mobs and live. In classic WoW, if you pull that third person out in the world, you're fucking dead. <laughs> like, and and you know, there's there's not a lot of the conveniences in modern WoW. They just aren't there. Like, and you can see it from a very base level with things like quest design, where the quests in in, in vanilla WoW and, and classic just have you running all over the fucking earth. And you know, for a lot of people, I, I think the I think for a lot of people they got tired of that shit. But when you have that as your first experience, it really it really pulls you into the world because you get a sense of where everything is. And it feels like really since like, wow's, I would say probably their, their third or fourth expansion, they've really just been designing the game for people that have been here for a long time. Um, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that because I don't, I don't think they're probably getting new people in very much. Um, but they also, you know, conversely, they just basically abandoned a lot of things that gave, uh, you know, vanilla WoW and everything pretty much pre-cataclysm, um, a lot of personality. And they, they took out a lot of things like class quests where your specific class would go do something out in the world. And it was, there used to be those in every single, every single class has like the warrior. Your big thing was, um, in, in classic, you would go out to, um, this Island basically and get into a fight club. And that would teach you your third, uh, your third stance, which was Berserker stance, um, and then when they when they uh, released Cataclysm, which was the was it the same, the third expansion, mm-hmm. uh, they basically redesigned the world, and so they gutted all of that stuff. So like the Warriors would have a thing where you had to, like I said, you had to go out to a uh, Fight Club Island um, and and get your third stance. But the other thing that they had you do in that in that um, in that instance was they would also have you. Um, get a schematic to make like this badass fucking axe. And if you had help from your friends and you got it a few levels early, oh my God, you would just maul shit from like level 29 to like 35. It felt like putting on a cheat code, you know? <laughs> and like Paladins had one where they could, uh, they basically, um, for their first mount, they go out and basically capture an undead um, horse. And you break it and eventually purify it, and it becomes the fucking paladin's mount. Warlocks do something that's the exact opposite. You basically run out, find a demon horse, and beat the shit out of it. And over the course of like two or three levels, you basically bend it to your will. And so all of that stuff really provided a lot of, you know, for lack of a better term, flavor in the game. And, and really a lot of class identity. And they just, once Cataclysm rolled around, they just gutted all of that shit. They removed all of it from the game. And, oh my god! Yeah, which is just really stupid. Like, there's no, there's no point in doing that. If it's there, it's there. Great. And and for some reason, I can't uh, imagine just, Final Fantasy fourteen without that shit. Yeah, and it's crazy, dude, because that stuff added a ton of 
of personality, you know, and flavor to the game. And just, I don't know, like, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the lead designer of the game. The guy that's heading it up is a dude named Ian Hazakostas. And he just, he's apparently a guy that just raids. He was part of a, um, a super elite um, a raiding guild back in Vanilla and BC called Elitist Jerks. And so, like, under his watch, uh, the raids are all fantastic since he's been on. Like, he, he became the head in, uh, in Warlords. That was the three Xbacks ago. Mm-hmm. And Warlords was fucking awful, but the raids were fantastic. And then they basically, you know, after they, they fucked everything up with Warlords, they came back and said, well, let's make it right. And they did awesome shit with Legion. And the, and the big thing that they did with Legion was they put a lot of class-specific stuff back into the game. Well, they abandoned all that for BFA, and it was like they took all the good ideas from Legion and said, let's just make this worse. <laughs> and that's – ironically, it sounds like it's really, it's, it's really similar to what's happening with Breakpoint, which I know we're going to talk about in a minute. So, But anyway, not, not to be long-winded about that. I'm just – I'm real curious – Again, from from the analytics standpoint, like Blizzard has to see what these people are playing and why they're playing and what they're doing and things like that. And and so I'm going to be real curious to see what they take from it because like I've been playing BFA just to get some dailies done so I can get um, flying in these new zones that they've opened up so that whenever I eventually whatever the next expansion is, which I think is going to get announced next month at BlizzCon, um, any of my characters that are a little lower won't have to suffer through the current expansion without ba- basically being able to fly over all the areas. Um, so like I'm doing that and it's just, it's remarkable to me how, how beautiful this game is, but how just empty it is. And and a lot of it is because the people just, they've just left. There's no, there's, you know, a big part of an MMO, right? Is that you're playing with other people and and they've just basically removed the reasons that you would play with other people. And then you combine that with the fact that a lot of the people that you, I think that you run across like in raids and things like that and group finder are just fucking pricks. And it's like. You know, like if you were actually like out in the real world, I'd probably beat the shit out of you. Hmm. Um, so, you know, you just couple that with just the way the game is. And like you, it's almost like they sort of designed it again. Like, well, here you can play by yourself because everybody sucks. But like there's better ways to handle that than just let's fuck the game up. Let's fuck up the social aspect. Let's fuck up everything cool about this game just because there are some people that are assholes. Or, you know, again, like the lead designer just doesn't feel like, you know, there's much to be had besides rating. Like that's a really stupid way to, to design your games. So anyway, yeah. so that's what I've been up to. All right. Um, so I guess we'll get to the news stories of the week and probably the biggest story of the week uh, this week was Jim Storling gets drunk and rants about uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yep. Uh, he, it's, if you have to watch the video, it is amazing. <laughs> it is pretty um, cool. Yeah. Basically, he just he hates it in just every possible way you can hate a game. Yeah. So let me let me ask you guys a question before we really get into like that kind of stuff. Like, do you guys like Sterling? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The I reason always, that I, I don't was, always agree with him. Uh, right. But you know, a, a lot of the time, a lot of the stuff that he says ends up being dead on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He it strikes me as that he he strikes me as sort of like a Brit a British. Uh, Walter Sobchak from from the Big Lebowski, where you're you're kind of just like, no, you're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> and because I, I, I'm I'm in a similar boat, like I don't particularly care for him, but I, I'm also at the same way. Like I find a lot of what he says, you know, interesting or dead on. I feel like he was definitely being a little bit too hyperbolic um, about Breakpoint, which we can get into. But um, the one thing that did stick out to me though is that Sterling seems to hate AAA games. Period. So I kind of wonder why he even keeps playing them. Like, if it's just, like, feeding into the outrage that obviously the people subscribing to him want to see. Well, I mean, it is his, I mean, it is his job. Thing. He has to. 
Yeah, well, I mean, if it's it's part of the industry right now. I mean, if he's not going to cover it, then he's basically ignoring a big chunk of what the gaming industry is. And basically, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, and, and my thinking on it is if uh, if if people don't, you know, start harping on this stuff, nothing's ever going to change. So, well, what I will say, he's absolutely right in that. So the biggest problem with re- with with Wildlands um, is that it doesn't have any identity. Like it, it seems like it wants to go into being, and I, I, I only watched like I don't know five minutes of the video because I wanted to talk to you guys about what I thought before I um, had whatever was in my head sort of like tainted by something that somebody else said. So uh, I apologize if I'm covering some of the same points that he did, but um, it, it certainly feels. I've heard some people throw around the word word cynical. I would not agree that the game feels like it was cynically built. I don't think that's correct. I think I think what's happening is is it's coming from a complete lack of direction. Like because um, it seems like so like I've been playing Ghost Recon since the very first one came out, and the the biggest thing behind it, even when they did like the crazy future settings and everything else like that, was just essentially that obviously the game is is supposed to be a tactical uh, shooter. So you're supposed to make decisions and do things and and despite whatever the world might throw at you, um, you know, you shoot somebody in the head or you shoot somebody in the chest like twice, they're going to die. It doesn't really matter. Like even in Wildlands, which has like lieutenants that are armored, you know, you still pop them off in the head, they're done. Um, Wildlands doesn't work that way in the sense that there are some super heavily armored uh, enemies um, that are just bullet sponges. So that, that ties into the identity thing because part of, what they were originally talking about was we're going to make this, you know, have survival elements because the, the hook of it is, is actually really interesting, especially if you played wildlands. Cause if any of the ghost recon games, I'm sure you guys have played some of them. The biggest thing is, is that, you know, you're a well-equipped person or a well-equipped team going into an area and um, you, you essentially hold the upper hand because you have intelligence in the, in whatever it is that you're trying to do. Right. And so like the idea behind Breakpoint is, is that you're going into a place where you're completely on your own so you're basically the one that's hunted because you're hunted by other ghosts. Um, and so you don't have anybody watching over you or anything else like that. And it's actually a really, really interesting uh, premise considering the way that the majority of the other Ghost Recon games have, have played. But um, And so then they, they said, you know, we're going to make this survival and we're going to make it so, you know, you're on your own and all of that. And the survival elements are completely bunk. They don't do anything. Um like, you can fall off of something and break your leg, but then, like, you bandage it up, and you're running around just like normal. Oh, and, so and like so, Far Cry. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, it's the same thing. Like, if you if you get thirsty, you can go drink something, but it doesn't really affect you. And so it, go, it goes back to the identity thing. Like, really what this game feels like is it feels like four or five different types of Ubisoft games smashed together with no real defining identity in and of itself. Um, and then you know you, you couple that with things like the whole bullet sponge issue because there are, there are drones out on this island that you have to take out, and my God they'll fucking take a hundred bullets if you don't shoot them correctly, you know. And the whole thing is is the 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 crux of the game is you're supposed to be fighting other ghosts, but instead like you're blowing up drones and random shit like it doesn't it doesn't make much sense. And then there's also the whole loot thing, which is the most egregious part about the whole thing to me because the coolest part about Ghost Recon I always thought is that if you found a setup that you liked. You could keep that for the rest of the game. Like in Wildlands, I'm still using two guns that I got in the first five hours, and I've probably put 45 hours into Wildlands because those are the guns that I'm happy with. I have them modified the way that I want. Um, and so, but it seems like, you know, they're getting this whole loot thing and then the bullet sponge thing from like the division. 
Um, and it just, it's just a game that doesn't know what it wants to be. It doesn't know if it wants to be a Ghost Recon game. It doesn't know if it wants to be The Division. It doesn't know if it wants to be sort of Assassin's Creedy y with, um, with uh, the weapons and things like that. Um, and then just the whole loot shooter bullshit. Like, whoever, whoever was directing this game really fucking lost the plot because there's no, there's no real cohesion to it. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, I think, that they'll probably pull what they did with Rainbow Six Siege and, you know, they'll just essentially fix it. Um, but, like, like even with the co-op thing, like, the, the one thing that I kept hearing people say over and over and over again was um, when, when you're reading about the development of the game is it was like, um, this is, you know, you're on your own, you're out there surviving, and you're doing this and that and yada, yada, yada. But the funny part is is that there's a point in the game where you come across a hub, and it's basically an online lobby. Hmm. And you're supposed to be by yourself. Like, that's the big thing about this game. You're a fucking ghost that's essentially hunted, right? Right. But then you come across an online hub where you see – it's like – it would be like whatever the equivalent of a city is in Final Fantasy fourteen or like Stormwind or Ironforge and WoW where you see a whole bunch of people and you can see the way that they're dressed. And they're whatever the whatever – I'm sure there's a similar hub in Destiny that's like that. Um and so it's, I guess it's just basically to show off how cool you look, which, yeah. again, the whole whole game is supposed to be like, you know, you're, you're on your own, you're doing this, whatever, whatever. Like, I don't understand the point of it, except I would think it's so you can show off, see what other people have, and then go buy fucking loot crates. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem really is... Uh, it's not specific to Ghost Recon at this point. I mean, it's, it's everybody's doing this everybody's shit. doing yeah. this shit. It's become it, it's this is this is one of the reasons like uh, Jim Sterling was so hard on it because the game has no identity of its own anymore. It's it really, it's yeah. become just this homogenous live service uh, crap. You know, it's uh, and like this doesn't bode well for well, like a lot of people are looking forward to Beyond Good and Evil too, but. It's it's going to be this. That's that's what Beyond Good and Evil Two is going to turn into. Uh, yeah, this this weird obsession that the industry has with everything. Chris talked about this probably a couple of months ago when we were on the podcast together. It was like this obsession with not letting what you're playing end. Yeah, it's just it's, it's, I think it's what Chris had said. It's just horribly detrimental, and you're seeing it. Like I could see if somebody is looking at at Wildlands in a really um, cynical view. They could just say they built a game around microtransactions. I don't think that's fair, but I absolutely could see that being a thing where it's like – because, again, you go back to the fact that there's no cohesive vision, and the only thing I could think of is some some suits were like, no, we need you need to design more so we can sell more shit. Hmm. You know, because that's the other focus of it, right? Like if this is all about – if this is a game that's supposed to be you alone out in the wilderness and everything, well, the biggest selling point for a lot of people with Wildlands was co-op. So, like, I played co-op, like, actually, Area Grey jumped into my game, and we played some, too, so you're not technically on your own, but then it goes, it's a complete, um, an anthem to the, to the actual storyline, where you're supposed to be on your own and doing this shit by yourself, but then guess what, when your friends can jump in, and then, you know, you're all alone on this island, and you're being hunted, but, oh, you wander into this fucking hub, and you can see, like, 400 people, <laughs> and they're all, you know, it, it just, uh... And it's just and really takes bad. a shit on the entire concept. It yeah. really yeah. does. It's, it's and it's it sort of feels to me like the worse version of like you know how if you're playing like an open world game, and like a perfect example, the, the most egregious one that I could ever think of was Arkham uh, Arkham City, where it was like Batman gets poison, and it's like you only have a few hours, Batman, until this poison kills you, and then you're like, hey, what's that thing over there? Let me go check this out. 
And then you do that <laughs> shit for like 40 hours. And they're like, let's well, probably get back to the main quest, huh? And just, you know, it just is that kind of thing, except, and that that's the other reason that I think that they forced the online only component was because there's no reason for it in no. that game. Not, there's just none. Like, they, I don't know, whatever they use to stop piracy, Ubisoft servers, but like, it doesn't even like one of the lighting engines for my graphics card. So, like, they, they got most of that shit pretty locked up. So, if they're, if they're going to try and fall back on some shit, like, well, we don't want people pirating it, like, that's horseshit. It's really all tied into the store, I think. And well, there's also in- one of the things that Jim points out is that in the actual store, you can basically buy shortcuts. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You, you can straight up buy skill points. Yeah. Oh, you, could, yeah you could do that in Wildlands, too. Yeah. Which uh, is basically the game admitting that, you know, if, it, if it's giving you an ability to buy shortcuts, that's basically admitting the game admitting to you that it's shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's charging you See, not to play it. Okay. So there's just one thing I want to say about that because I haven't, again, I have not played Breakpoint more than like four hours. But like I said, I've put in like 35 or 40 hours in Wildlands. To me, and I'm not saying it's right. Let me just be 100% clear. I don't think there should be those kinds of microtransactions in the first place. Um, but like you can buy like 12 skill points in like in batches in Wildlands, um, which strikes me because I, I don't feel like Wildlands is bloated. Like it doesn't have like the bloat problem like that like Assassin's Creed Origins I feel like has or like and going to like the major bloat factor that Odyssey does, but I never ever felt compelled to buy skill points because you can get them just so quickly by running around out in the world and killing shit and just playing the game. Like I part of me wonders if Ubisoft or any of these companies that put that shit in. And again, I don't think that it's right, but are putting those things in specifically because they're like, we know that a bunch of people buying this game are never going to finish it. And so that means they may never come back for the DLC. What if we can essentially pay them or make them pay us for cheat codes? Like imagine like if, if with Grand Theft Auto, there was, you remember how we used to have all those cheat codes for like unlimited armor and you could spawn a tank? This is just like the buying that version of those cheat codes. Like, and I don't think it's right to have that in the game. But I also just from again, I've only played about five hours, but just from my experience with it and with the previous game, that just seems to be there for people that are impatient because I don't feel like the leveling is scaled against me at all. I just feel like that might be for people that are only going to put 20 hours into this game total. And Ubisoft is like, well, fuck it. If you'll pay us, fucking pay us and we'll, we'll let you buy some skill points. It's still absolutely scummy. I don't fucking agree with it at all, but I don't feel like it it impedes the way the game is is designed as far as leveling goes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I, can, I can kind of see that. It's, uh, it's, it's just a matter of like, it, it's Ubisoft seems to be fine with charging you for whatever they can get away with charging you. For. Right. Um, right. That's, that's really what it feels like to me. Hmm. It's still super fucking scummy. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. And that's the kind of thing you don't, you definitely don't want to reward. But I, I sometimes wonder if that's more about taking advantage of these people that can't help themselves, which in a way kind of makes it even worse, right? Of course it is. Yeah. But like when you think about those types of people that are out there that are like, you mean I can you know pay twenty bucks or whatever to get a leg up on everybody? Like fuck it, I'll do it. But like those are the same kind of people that would also cheat in Xbox Live games. Hmm. You know, like I, I don't know. Hmm. I still think it, again, I still think it's shitty, and I still think it's scummy as fuck. But um, I, I don't. 
And again, I didn't finish that Sterling video. I'm sure he definitely said, though, like, they designed this game to fucking take more money from you because it's unbalanced. And I, I don't feel that way at all. Um, actually, he didn't say that. Oh, no. okay. No. No, he, he well, didn't remember, mention anything about the, huge, the balance. It's... I remember that being a huge thing for Odyssey, mm. where people were like, what the fuck? Mm. And uh, I could see that. Yeah. I can see that. Hey, he was so. uh, he was more complaining about how bored he was and about the fact that the game was broken half the time. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he kept getting kicked off the shit. server. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's glitchy as shit, and Ubisoft ought to be fucking ashamed. Um, I mean, but this, this goes back to some of the stuff that we've always talked about. Like, it feels like they were designing this specifically because they knew that there would be people that would buy it, and then, then you know, they Ubi, that's one thing you guys, I'm sure, have noticed. Ubisoft doesn't miss dates. So I think they probably just thought, like, the industry as a whole seems to think lately, we'll just put the shit out kind of fucked up, and uh, we'll just fix it later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's that. the whole model. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we'll fix it later, because that's, like, the crew launched without multiplayer. Mm. Yeah. You know, you would expect that to be there at a, an open-world racing game. Yeah. But, you could only play, I think, multiplayer with people on your friends list, but mm-hmm. you couldn't do general matchmaking. Yeah. yeah. That so. came out, like, six months later. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, so that's actually something else that's interesting about about um, Odyssey, about uh, Breakpoint, is that they are um, – when I think it was – it wasn't at the E3 announcement. It was the other one where um, the previous announcement – I think it might have been like in February or something when they debuted it. And basically everybody that, that had played Wildlands went fucking ape shit, And they were like, wait a minute. Where the fuck is the co-op? Like, I want to have fucking teammates with me. What the fuck are y'all doing? Yeah. And and they just basically backpedaled at that point. And I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of sympathetic to how long it will take them to get that done because I also work in software development. I know you can't just turn shit around to, you know immediately. So they've come back and they've been like, Yeah, we're gonna add that later. Um so you know, we'll see what it would but because that also essentially breaks what the entire crux behind Breakpoint is, which is you're by yourself. Yeah. So if you get fucking shot down on this island, and then, by the way, you're not by yourself. you got friends. Um, it, again, it completely destroys the narrative that they're trying to go for. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, well, we could talk about that for another 10, 15 minutes, but we might as well get into the rest of the stuff. We just wish people would stop being scummy, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That shit uh-huh. can't yeah. Speaking of people being scummy, uh, so uh, Bobby Prince, famed composer, he did Duke, Duke Nukem 3D, Doom, Wolfenstein, you know, music for all that, uh, suing Gearbox for, uh, well, slight problem with uh, Gearbox when they did the uh, 20th anniversary re-release of Duke Nukem 3D. Uh, they didn't bother to, uh, you know, get the license to have the music again. Yeah. Oof. Really, really shocked at Gearbox doing something scummy. I I didn't see yeah. that coming at all. Uh, <laughs> and it gets worse because then, you know, Prince contacted Pitchford himself and it's like, uh, yo, guys, uh, I, I like you didn't clear this with me. And then, uh, uh, you know, Pitchford's re- response is, uh, don't worry, we'll be we'll take care of you. And they took care of him by blowing him off. Uh, so yeah, the, like I, I've looked at all the the documentation and stuff that's been provided Pitchford's for this. Such a douche. Yeah, and uh, this doesn't look like a cash grab on on Prince's part. This looks like something that you know he's been trying to get resolved since. Well, I think that uh, thing came out in twenty four. 
2014, 2015. It was a while ago. Uh, so since then, he's been trying to get that resolved. And now all the, the court stuff is starting to come out. So it's like, yeah. Uh, it's remarkable when this shit happens, isn't it? Like when you, when you think about like these independent studios that were small at one point and they're like, we're going to do things different guys and yada, yada, yada. And then they become that big studio yeah. and they're awful. Yeah. Like, it goes against everything that they said there's but Tom McFarlane ran into that shit from Image. The dude did spawn years ago. He got into a fucking into a big ass legal battle with Neil Gaiman because yeah. um over over creators' rights. And remember they went and formed Image Comics specifically because they were like we're we're tired of Marvel taking our de- our ideas and then, you know, basically saying, No, those are ours and you you know, we'll work for pay and all that shit. And then Gaiman created some things that contributed greatly to the mythos of spawn and and uh and then mcfarland pulled the same shit was like no you were you you know you were just uh you know for hire i never intended to give you any any rights to anything and so they went and got into this huge court battle for years and he ended up winning the rights to angela and i guess he sold angela to marble which is even funnier (laughs) yep like like as a giant fuck you to todd mcfarland you know yeah. But it's just crazy when you see that. Like, with, you know, I remember back in the day when Gearbox was much smaller, and you know, Pitchford was out there fucking ringing the bell about indie studios and all this shit. And then now, you know, there are people like, "Yo, you use my stuff. You need to pay me." And he's like, "Ha, uh, no, we're not going to do that because uh, we're big and uh, we don't have to fuck you." Yeah, like, and he also uh, like Prince also uh, involved uh, Valve in this uh, because he's claiming that uh, Valve uh, is basically ignoring the MCA takedown. Which uh, he actually has a pretty damn strong case about. Uh, wow! Yeah, if uh, Prince's copyright is being infringed, and he, as a copyright holder, goes to Steam and says, "Hey, take it down," and Valve does not take it down, uh, that kind of violates the FCA. Yeah, Harvard. doesn't that make them complicit? Yes. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now to, now, to be fair, I kind of understand. Like, if you're like 3D realms back in the 90s. Why you why you wouldn't uh, just straight up own the IP to that music? Uh, because you're a small studio, uh, right. you're hiring a composer out, and it's like, yeah, you want the you want the rights to be able to use that music for that particular game. Uh, but as a small studio in the '90s, you're not thinking that this game is going to be anything in 20 years. Right. You're like, well, maybe. Yeah. It's like we'll work it out for now, and then if, then we'll see about it later. But yeah, so that's that's how these things end up happening. It's not uh, it, it's not negligence on the part of the studios. It's just you know them being frugal with their money, the, you know, because it's a lot cheaper to just uh, to just contract the uh, just the rights to use it for that particular project and not to to own it outright. So well, and the other interesting part about a lot of this, I think, is that you see a lot of these companies just not understanding that their stuff is going to be evergreen, right? In a certain sense, mm-hmm. you know. Like, they're just, like, they just don't consider that that would happen. Yeah. Now, that's something that's fascinating to me to see happen here is, you know, just in general with the games industry. Like, the, game, the games industry seems to have really struggled with this as long as it's been around, right? Like, when we even just simple stuff where you hear, like, uh, companies like Square and shit not even keeping the masters to their software because they're like, well, fuck, we never thought this would be something that got re-released, you know? Like this is just something that I don't know. I just feel like if you're gonna you're gonna be in business long term, wouldn't you think about this? You should. Yeah. Those, those were what different times back then. You know, I don't think uh, long term thinking 
as far as what what their uh, IP was going to be worth uh, was something that really crossed a lot of people's minds back then. It was, uh, it's like uh, basically the, the way that it worked at the time was they were basically always always working towards the next project. They, once the first one was done, they didn't do much with it after that. Um, yeah. So it was. It, it was just like. Yeah. It just makes me think about do you guys remember that artist way back in the nineties named Skilo? He did that song that was like I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish it was a baller. You remember that shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. He he wrote his contract with the record companies at that time and he got the publishing to that song. Yeah. And he is a multi millionaire off of being a one hit wonder because he was prescient enough to go, Oh, this might be the only chance I ever have at kind of like getting famous. Yeah. So I'm going to work this deal in my favor. And so he's got that in perpetuity. And like he is apparently runs a fucking studio now and a law firm that <laughs> helps out young artists so they don't get fucked. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm sorry, if Skilo had the foresight to do this, somebody else can. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you know, if the guy that wrote, I wish I was a baller fucking a song about a girl and just the only reason he's not with her is because he's not fucking tall enough and he doesn't know how to play basketball like if that guy had enough foresight to go you know i should probably do something to protect myself kind of feel like they should too might not be a fair bar but yeah. that's just where i'm coming from yeah it's a, it's a fair point so yeah we'll uh we'll follow this uh as it develops but for now uh yeah legal proceedings are it's going to be a few weeks before we hear anything back so uh, in other legal news with Gearbox, uh, they've apparently uh, settled their uh, spat with their former lawyer because yeah, yeah. So the let's see the, the court document says upon review of all the evidence in the case, it was the opinion of counsel that the evidence exonerated Randy Pitchford from all allegations against him. All misunderstandings between the parties have been corrected and apologies were exchanged because the parties are mutually bound by confidentiality. No additional statements will be forthcoming. Yeah. So basically, uh, somebody got paid a good deal of money, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's how that went. But yeah, yeah. L- legal stuff from Randy Pitchford. He gets out of one and gets right into another one. Yep. <laughs> good figure. Uh, do we want to talk about Scummy EA? Yeah, let's talk about. Scummy oh EA. yeah, let's do some Scummy EA. Yeah. So uh, EA has uh, FIFA twenty is out. Uh, they're doing a global championships, so they had a sign-up page, and um, apparently their web guy's an idiot uh, mm-hmm. because the sign-up page was just yeah. randomly returning other people's information. As oh wow, really? Yeah, what a shock! <laughs> so wow, how? how I, I mean, I know. What? You, 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 you know, get, if that was a, if EA happen. was a, you know, if this was a, if EA was a Japanese company, this was the type of shit where like the whole fucking board of directors would resign. Yeah. No, this shit happens because we have a culture in this country of paying the least we can for things that are really important, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what's happening here. And let's be honest too, like nothing's gonna happen to them. Nothing fucking happened to Equifax. Yeah. No. You know, fucking Equifax pulled their bullshit, and then it was like, oh, by the way, yeah, we know we were supposed to pay everybody, like, what was it, like some shitty, like, $125 for leaking everything about your identity just to, you know, the dark web and everything, and I was like, so, is 125 bucks enough? And then people were like, well, fuck it, I might as well get something out of it, and then Equifax was like, oh, we only budgeted enough to give this to, like, 
I like I think there was like four hundred million people that got affected in that hack, and they only budgeted for twenty five million people. Yeah, taking advantage of it. Like that's just that's because in in America we fucking we don't value anything like this. Yeah. So so sixteen hundred people potentially got their you know personal info exposed, and well, yeah, that's where they are. And FIFA yeah. twenty, like uh, I don't have this on the uh, uh, on the dock, but I'll just mention the. Uh, the campaign is a glitched, buggy mess. Uh-huh. Uh, is it? Yeah, yes, it does. I'm also shocked. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the the ultimate team function works perfectly, though. Oh, of course, yeah. The thing that's the cash machine, you know that yeah. shit works, yeah. Bill. <laughs> uh, by the way, just quick question: um, FIFA 20. Uh, what is the ESRB or PAX rating? Uh, I think it's E10. Okay. Uh, are there any uh, loot box or gambling simulator type things in this game? Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Remember That's... we were talking about Jim earlier? Yeah. This is one of the things he's been talking about. Yep. I'm really I'm really hoping that, that the EU, because the EU basically slammed their fucking foot down, didn't they? Yeah. Well, so they're in the process is, of it. Yeah. This is gambling? Yeah, they're basically working on that now. So... Yeah, stuff's going to change there. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, and uh, if he, if for some reason you want to buy FIFA 20, don't buy it on the Switch, because uh, what they did was they took FIFA 19, um, they crossed out the 19 with a Sharpie and put a 20. Put 20. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the Donald well, Trump has to, in other words. Hmm. That has to do with their deal that keeps uh, FIFA exclusivity. Hmm. They have a contractual obligation to release um, FIFA on every major platform that gets released. Yeah. And um, in the case of Nintendo, they don't really they don't really support Nintendo platforms, if you've noticed. And so they'll just crap out whatever they can and yeah. technically uh, fulfill their contractual obligations and then move on to the stuff they actually want to make. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking about Cynical. <laughs> there you go. So... Uh, so, in kind of sad news, uh, the studio behind Mario and Luigi's RPGs, um, the Alpha Dream, is filed for bankruptcy. Yep. And, yep. Um, I thought those games did pretty well, so... Hmm. Not the two on the 3DS, the most recent ones. Wow. No. Uh, because uh, the 3DS not. was not exactly a hot platform for them to invest uh, a lot of their money on. Hmm. I uh, love so yeah, those games. Are... I'm really sad to hear about this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was... Definitely not a great idea to have them work on that most recent one. Yeah, or if they were uh, going to do it, it, they should have brought it to the Switch. I mean, yeah, we saw. What yeah, I think that would have been the better idea. Yeah, uh, at least have that as a, another version. At least, uh, but yeah, I think it says here as March 2018, Alpha Dream was about 3.7 million dollars in debt. Damn. Mm, Damn. That sucks. Yeah, and, mm, this is really a case where a Switch port actually would have saved them. Yeah, it would have been a good thing for the Yeah. And Nintendo stuck to making 3DS exclusives a bit too long. Yeah. Ended up getting a developer like this shut down. Yeah. That's, that's balls. Uh, you know, we don't generally have a whole lot of uh, negative things to report about Nintendo's. No, yeah, we do. Business <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what are you talking about? Of course we do. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, there we go. Uh, yeah, uh, other news. Uh, yeah, if you're looking for VR, if you want to fly around as Iron Man on your uh, PlayStation VR or other platforms, 
Uh, yeah, uh, just PlayStation VR. Just PlayStation VR. Oh, that's exclusive. Yep. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Have Deadpool. you seen it? Because it looks pretty awesome. Yeah, it does look yeah. pretty damn awesome. Uh, Alex yeah, that legitimately makes me want to get a PSVR. Like, yeah, you fucking get me flying around like Iron Man. I, I, I might legitimately be in there. Yeah, see, this, I can already this is the tell type what of game that v- my equilibrium. <laughs> yeah, see, this is the type of game that VR was made for. Yeah, specifically this right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's cool to see like a Marvel license can use for more than just like a a mini game collection or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think there was a Justice League VR game that's like that's okay for like five ten minutes, but this seems more fleshed out. With, yeah, uh, in cool ways. Twenty eighth. Yep. Well, and also just just, oh, just making an experience that you really—it's not the same as just like pressing buttons. No. You know, like that's yeah. the one. That's the one cool thing about superheroes in general. They're doing shit that we can't do, and then you know you can use that. You can use VR to fucking simulate that. Like that's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, yeah. also just quick uh, aside, although we don't have it on the dock, but might as well point it out. Uh, you guys know the uh, Avengers game that's coming out? Yeah. Yeah, that looks like shit. <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. But in good news, they did add a new character that just is going to be playable in there, and it's one of the characters people have been wanting for. It's uh, Kamala Khan. Yeah, you know, Miss Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And the semi-realistic art style makes her powers look way fucking ugly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They yeah. uh, didn't. Uh, they didn't think that art style through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like the, the art looks really bad. Mm. I don't know. Like fucking bad. Mm. It, they're trying to like make this sort of semi sort of. Uh, a kind of compromise between like semi-realistic and semi-comic booky, and it's just not working, dude. Yeah, it doesn't work in either direction. No, it looks like specifically like they went to like people like Chris Evans and them, and they were like, "Can we use your likeness?" And they were like, "No," and then they were like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> um, we already kind of programmed that in, and they were like, "Well, you better do something different." Mm. And you yeah, ended up with that. <laughs> ended up yeah. with that exactly. So. Yeah, well, Iron Man VR uh, gonna be forty bucks, fifty bucks Canadian. They do that have a deluxe edition with some oh. uh, extra armors. You get early research points, uh, sort of like Spider Man had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can sort of get your upgrades a little bit earlier. Um, let's see, you get a deluxe soundtrack, digital version of the soundtrack, and the theme. Uh, pre-order bonus: they have some uh, other armors. Uh, they got one that's like the uh, the vintage armor yeah. with the red and gold. Uh, Silver Centurion, Ultraviolet, and Origin Armor. So some nice looks. Uh, but also, if you pre-order on PlayStation Store, you get a free month trial to Marvel Unlimited. Hmm. So you get a free month of that and check out some of the, the comics and all that. Yeah. It's a good service. Yeah. So. All right, so uh, another PlayStation news. Uh, we have a departure. Uh, Sean Layden, head of uh, Worldwide Studios, is uh, leaving. Which That's a shame. He did good. He, he did a good job. Yeah, he was he did a good job, which basically I think well, apart from Shu, uh all of the OG uh crew is gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't think so. I think Jim Ryan's still there. Well, uh, he, I don't think he's OG, is he? No. Uh I don't What do you mean OG? Like uh, like the original PlayStation lineup from 95, uh yeah. Uh I don't yeah. know. Not I have to see what but yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That all is. All right. Why did? I'm just curious as to why uh, he'd leave if there was if there was something going on there that uh... there's got to be it's got to be a management problem yeah, like, yeah. Some, some sort of infighting or something because don't forget we've also seen arrogant ass fucking Sony for the last what two years mm-hmm. so it would not you know losing somebody like Layden who I would say arguably like I know there's a lot of people that are like well Sony turned it around at the end of the PlayStation Three. Losing somebody like like Layden, who I think was really a, a huge architect for why the four worked so well, and why it just beat the ever living shit out of Xbox, because it basically took like Sony really didn't make any mistakes, and Microsoft made all of them. Yeah, and, yeah, but how was now, Sean Layden that because guy? he helped he helped architect the actual PS4? That was Mark Cerny. Oh shit! No, you're right. Yeah. Well, then ignore exactly what I said. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Sean Cerny and Andrew House. Yeah, that, you know, I was thinking of Cerny. Sorry, Andrew no, no. House gone. Uh, Jack Tratton gone. There is turnover. That was a long time ago. Yeah, they still have they still have some sort of management problem. What I was reading earlier, I think it was on Game Industry Biz or something like that. They were saying that uh, there is a shit ton of infighting um, at the executive level, which uh, that's not good because typically that type of infighting is happening because. Somebody wants to charge somebody a lot of money for something, and somebody else is arguing that people won't pay it. <laughs> so it would not. I think it's partially me. from their rebuild, their restructuring. Oh, I'm sure they had part. the guys that were. So they had like one guy who was in charge of Asia, uh, North America, and Europe, and when they combine yeah. them all into one pro, one person running the whole thing, there's always going to be two people. Are not going to be too too happy about that. Yeah. So Sean well, got the short stick of that. Sony's also had that issue too, where you know we we saw it uh, mainly in the PlayStation era, where it was like the the PS1 era, where they were just like we're only going to do this thing, you know, this, we're going to do this thing that we're good at, and we're not really going to allow anything else, and you know that finally sort of left. So I'm just I'm real curious if part of the infighting as well, from what I was reading, is, is specifically about not just the way that they're going to launch the PS5, but the way they're going to price it. Um, and, and really essentially what subscription models will look like. I would bet money that's a huge part of the infighting. And that's one of the reasons that you'll see those execs at the top start to leave. Hmm. Um, because it's usually decisions being made by somebody who doesn't know what the customer base is or anything else like that. And, you know, the same kind of boneheaded decision where you remember you had what's-his-name talking about, yeah, you'll go out and foes at Kudaragi. It was like, yeah, you'll go out and get a yeah. second job just to buy a PlayStation 3. And people were like, no, the fuck we won't. <laughs> and it's it's like it feels to me like it's that kind of thing again. Like you don't have these kinds of departures over the years unless it's specifically around money. And, yeah. and, how, and that money specifically – Tied to the direction that things are going overall. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but, with Kudaragi not there, who do we blame? I don't uh, know. Yeah. The board. <laughs> yeah, the board. Uh, Jim Ryan, collectively. Yeah. Well, no, because Sony, Sony is really like, for lack of a better term, westernized itself over the years, um, where it really they used to be very much, you know. Um, a sort of a personality-based company in the sense that that's why you had folks like Kudaragi and them running around. And Japanese companies in general are that way. I mean, look at look at the way that, that a lot of these uh, these folks from Nintendo and things like that have been idolized, even though they're not really doing that kind of shit anymore. Like, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto still gets a shit ton of credit for stuff he doesn't even fucking have anything to do with. Um, and so, uh, you know, so they've, they've sort of modernized in that sense where they've, they've moved more towards a Western thing where, like, you have a figurehead, but 
they're you know there's still a whole bunch of people underneath them that are taking care of things but this is also again coming from uh, we now have a Sony that is let I me mean, let's call it what it is they have absolutely fucking skull fucked Microsoft this generation yeah. mm-hmm. I mean like like with a big barbed dick mm-hmm. and yep. and so it would not surprise me Evan, if you have a lot of people internally at Sony that are going look you know Microsoft has turned this around they're not going to win this generation but Microsoft is they're they're in this to last. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's some other executives going, fuck them. We're not worried about them. And that's causing a lot of the internal strife, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, you could be right. Hmm. Uh, so we'll get on to some other other Sony stories. We've got a couple here. Uh, PlayStation Now gets a price cut, uh, cut in half from 20 bucks to 10 bucks per month. Uh, mm-hmm. They've added yeah. a bunch of uh, you know big games like GTA V, God of War, and Spider-Man. Yeah, they're also doing a yearly... Uh, Sub for sixty bucks, yeah, I'm still which is half of the monthly cost. Yeah, uh, be, yeah, they're adding uh, God of War, Grand Theft Auto Five, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted Four. Right, and the thing is, that's all shit that's like three years old. Yeah. God of War's last year. God of War's last year. Yeah. No, oh yeah. shit, yeah, I guess it was. Yeah. I still don't think it's com- comparatively. If you're you're doing like a comparison between this and Game Pass, when Microsoft is like, uh, like no, shit Microsoft like is five day one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Microsoft. I mean, it's desperation. Pets. You can call it whatever you want, but if you're comparing, I mean, the products they're not making any money off of that pl- that thing. They're yeah, but Microsoft as much money to that. use it as uh, marketing for their platform. Right, mm-hmm. but see, Microsoft doesn't have to make money off of that because they're still pulling people in, and they still have shit like yeah, Microsoft Word bringing in money for them. But if you're just taking all of that outside of itself as a as a value based proposition, PS Now sucks compared to Game Pass simply because. If what you're hyping is year or more old games as the reason for your platform, you can get most. Of, I think every one of those games you can get for twenty bucks. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess yeah. if you want to rent them and you want to just see what the hype is about for ten dollars, that might be worth it. But in terms of getting people to stick to your recurring revenue model, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah. If they're in it, as that's a, also as a just what they're doing right now. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I don't think they're going to do day one like Microsoft because they don't need to. Microsoft just needs people to play their games. Anyway, they're doing, which is why they're doing, still doing that. You know, one dollar upgrade. Yeah, the thing of you can upgrade, and it's like, yeah, it's absurd. They're not making any money off that. They're hoping yeah. that you enjoy the games and pay more for the microtransactions, exactly, or the DLC, yeah. or to buy them outright, which really enough, a lot of people do for some reason, which yeah, like, yeah. confuses yeah. me. It's like I, I don't know what. Uh, that whole appeal is, but mm. yeah, like I'm not saying it's better than Game Pass. I don't think I'm saying any of that stuff. No, uh, but, but I'm saying it puts it in bucks, a good spot. Yeah, yeah, I think at ten bucks, it's a better it's a better value proposition. No, better yeah, than it was. A ton yeah. of games on there too. Uh, it's like three hundred and eighty. Yeah. Uh, PS4 games you can download. Yeah. Uh, as well as PS3 stuff in there. Yeah, and PS3 uh, and stream and yeah. PS3 is like. 500 so it's like 820 games something like that yeah that's weird to me about it and i'm curious what you guys feel about this is the other reason that it, i'm looking at it is like this just isn't a very good value proposition is because sony has dropped from giving so many games away with ps plus to two. what is it just two a month now yeah and i, and I think everything on there with the exception of gta 5 and god of war like i know i got infamous second son from PS Plus. I have to take a look at the list. Like, are they also just recycling that kind of shit? No, no. Uh, there are some crossovers just because 
there that's going to happen when you have so yeah. many games available. Uh, but yeah, like uh, PS Plus this month has The Last of Us, which isn't on there, uh, and also MLB The Show 19, yeah. uh, which just came out earlier this year. The Last of Us isn't on there? No. Uh, well, yeah, they have like... Yeah. Yeah, they have like 20 PS4 games from Sony on there. Hmm. Uh, some older stuff, but stuff like Bloodborne and uh, some of the digital stuff they've done over the years. Hmm. So yeah, I, guess I, think the other, I guess that's the other too. part of it for me, too, is it's just like if this was something that they were serious about, then I feel like they'd throw more shit on there. But, you know. I mean, there's yeah. 800 games. It's a lot of shit. No, no, I'm there. talking about their specific first party shit. Yeah, yeah. I think they will. Yeah. Like this, this feels like, this feels like right towing now. the water and going, well, will people pay for this? And if they will, will that affect sales? Because that's the other thing. It's, this, is a, this is an experiment for them that doesn't really cost them much because the majority of the people that are going to buy those games like GTA Five and everything else, they've already bought them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know yeah. that you're really going to grab think you new can, people from that. That game continues to be a top seller. So you can't keep saying that like everybody that wants it owns it. It's well, I think considering it's sold like what, like eighty million, I think it's probably a fair bet that even though it is still selling, that most people that want it have it. When you look at the install base, I mean, most, but there's the still PS4, plenty of people out there, right? But that, yeah. that's what I'm saying is a value proposition. Putting it on there might be good for somebody that is interested in like GTA Online, but I just don't see that as a nearly as something that would make me go, well, I, yeah, I'll be happy to pay ten bucks a month to play old games. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, there. They're trying to get like casual people who haven't played everything out there. Yeah, this is a, this That's is why... a play for new PS4 owners. Uh, yeah, and you know because they're doing like TV spots now. They've done their first TV commercial. Yeah, which I've seen a good bit watching football and all that yeah. the last few days. Uh, yeah, they're getting out into more territories and all that. They're kind of heading it off like stuff like Stadia, mm. where they're coming in and like right now they're doing this hundred and twenty dollar launch bundle. That gets you the premium thing, yeah. Which gets you like a couple games every once in a while, yeah. Uh, but not this like huge library you get access to in the way that like PlayStation Now and Game Pass has. Mm. Uh, so you Game mean Pass, this is an answer to Stadia rather than Game Pass? Basically, I guess both. Mm. I think you're getting into both, like having the the downloadables going towards Game Pass, but also think Stadia is the the other place. Mm. I think they've said as much. Yeah, it, it like just shows how much uh, these companies like Sony and Microsoft are worried about Stadia, and I don't know why. I don't yeah. either. I don't think they're worried. I think they're want to put their foot down and show you like uh, we're still here. We're gonna do our thing. Hmm. Uh, to kind of probably make it easier for people to see like, oh, Stadia is not gonna have much for yeah. people. I don't think it's gonna be as because like anybody that's like covering tech like thinks like Stadia is gonna be the thing that changes the world. Which is horseshit. Stadia feels like a fucking next gen engage. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not what people think it's going to be. Hmm. Yeah, and like I think it's the only reason like this huge library you can stream yeah. and all that. They don't have that. No. Well it feels but like the see... other thing that people are, are hyped about is because it's Google's name on it. But... Yep. Yeah. And that's, and that's I think really for it. that reason alone, um, I do think Sony and Microsoft have an incentive to squash it flat. Hmm. Um, before Google gets any kind of foothold, no matter how minor, because if they get that, they're still Google. Yeah. And they can sort of parlay that into something else, something entirely different. Yeah. Than Stadia. Yeah. Um, if they get if they get that market share and they don't um, 
they don't get humiliated out of the games business, which is, um, yeah, I, I think Sony and Microsoft have every incentive to do that. Yeah, I just yeah. feel like the only way that 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 Google could make Stadia really successful is if they were also knee deep in the ISP business. Like yeah. I just, I, the biggest thing that I can't, not anymore. I they can't, <laughs> exactly. No, they they've retreated from that. So that's the biggest thing that I keep looking at is like this would be a great value if people didn't have data caps. But yeah. I was reading an article just the other day that something like eighty five percent of America right now is covered with a data cap. Yep. Yeah. How do you and make I, that work? Google at one point, at least like Phil Harrison said, you know, ISPs will make it work. Oh, yeah, and that's that's the weird thing. This weird faith that they have in fucking Comcast and AT and T. Like, what the fuck yeah. are you guys smoking? Yeah. What they mean is you will make it work with your ISP. Yeah. If yeah. you want to do this. Yeah. Right, and that's the other part of it. Like again, it would make sense if there were not alternatives. But there yeah. are. It's called like physical fucking games. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You have to trust that Google's not going to uh, find that service to be uh, unprofitable or whatever. Like, there's no interest in it to, and like your purchases on there are going to be gone. There's no Believe underlying me. service that'll you could transfer it to. Yeah, because yeah. all this all this screams to me too is like I also look at like the. Um, I look at every fucking mobile store game ever that gets turned off. Like, you don't Mm -hmm. own anything. Like, that's the part of it that kills me the most is like, okay, so you want me to stream this, and yes, I have this thing, and I have this service, and maybe it'll be okay because it is Google behind it. We know Google's not going anywhere. But at the same time, I mean, they also run a a store where games get delisted regularly. So, I mean, obviously, iOS games do as well, but, you know, there's there's no oversight for these companies to just not pull out of what the fuck they're doing. And so me having faith that, oh, yeah, I bought this game on their service or whatever, so I'm going to be fine. I just don't have it. Yeah. On top of all of the other issues. Yeah, I've had that happen with uh, the last uh, Apple device I owned. Games will get updated to make it not playable on my my iPod Touch. Yep. It's like that was fucked. Yep. Uh, like it doesn't even tell you in the update. It's just like, hey, you got a new update. It does some things. And I was like, oh, I can't play this anymore. I can't revert to a previous yep. updates. I can't do any of this to get my purchase back. Yeah. Can't update my iPod it's Touch because it's too old. And yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, so. It's like, okay, well, I'm done with Apple. Because <laughs> yep. you don't really own any, anything, even yeah. if you pay money for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's all where mobile is just kind of a fucking wasteland. Yeah. Uh, outside of anything that's made by bigger publishers, yeah. and even that can go sideways. Yeah. yeah, but we don't have to worry about Sony going forward because uh, CEO Jim Ryan has said that uh, yeah they're not going to be complacent uh, when they look towards the future. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I feel tons better now. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel great. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, I think he said uh, basically. Uh, my energy as CEO is going to be put towards making sure we're not complacent. Uh, we're not. Uh, <laughs> Besides the last two years, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. they just recently like put yeah, their cross-play system into so, yeah. out of beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. So I just I have this inherent distrust for like every Sony executive ever. Ever since Trenton did that fucking interview, I think it was with EGM, and he was like, if you find me a PlayStation 3 on store shelves, or I'll give you $1,200. And they were like, there's like 20 right down the road. <laughs> and just, yeah, like I just, I have this horrible distrust for every executive at Sony just because of that bullshit. Like, because that's, that's a core culture problem. If, yeah. if you're, 
because it's it's all about command presence. If the guy at the top is fucking lying his ass off, then that means that it excuses all the people below him from lying their asses off. Yeah, and Ryan's not getting off on a, on a great foot either because of the, the shit he's been saying over the past couple of years before he took over. Mm-hmm. So wasn't he the one that made all those stupid ass comments about crossplay? Yeah, no, that they're now implementability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. backwards compatibility, and yeah. So yeah, he's got an uphill battle and. That's there's a perception uh, for well enthusiasts like us for sure, uh, maybe a little less so to the casual uh, audience, but there is definitely a perception that Sony is turning into this real faceless just you know entity that's just yeah, yeah they have a PlayStation but it doesn't really mean anything, uh, whereas you know love him or hate him uh, Phil Harrison is a relatable person. So, you know, they're, they're, that's what I think they're selling the uh, the Xbox on because, yeah, there's, you know, you can get a response from Phil Harrison or yeah. Mike Ibarra or whoever. And, you know, on the, on the PlayStation side, you don't really see that. And I think that, you know, that social attachment, that personal attachment, I think means a lot to some people. So It absolutely does. Like the Like, especially, like, ironically for me, and again, maybe it's just, again, because I go back to I work for a software company, but I don't trust Sony at all. Like, I think I'm at the point where I trust Sony less than Nintendo with digital purchases. And we're talking about Nintendo, you know, like, like we're talking about mobile games invalidating themselves and all that. Sony in mid-generation fucking went back on BC and fucked over a whole bunch of people by producing a PS3 that was basically designed to fail. And then you didn't have access to a bunch of shit that you'd already bought because backwards compatibility was gone. Hmm. And I, that, and again, I just again that was you know we know basically two generations ago now, but I just still like when I look at historically all the fucking hardware problems with Sony, and then all the shit that they say they're going to do and then they don't do, or all the shit that they, that they say they can't do and then they end up doing it, like the the double speak that comes out of that corporation where they never took responsibility for the PlayStation One disc errors, the two disc errors, the fucking reballing issue with the PlayStation Three, like. All of the shit that they've never taken responsibility for and just acted like the shit never happened. And then you cut, you know, you, you cross that with these fucking CEOs that they've had and people in their company over all the years have just been arrogant pricks. Like, it's one of the things that just makes me not want to do business with them as I've gotten older. And because I work for a company that I think genuinely cares about its people, I have less and less tolerance um, and desire to give companies money that, frankly, act like dickheads. And Sony's one of them. Um, and fuck even even some of the shit with Microsoft, like with the stuff that they're doing now with the uh, with facial recognition and things like that. That kind of shit has me worried too. Um, so who knows? Maybe my morals will bounce me completely out of the games industry. But um, but yeah, that like just looking at at the behavior of Sony overall for years just makes me super super. I guess gun shy when it comes to a lot of their stuff. Like I'll show up, I'll buy the PlayStation Five when it comes out. You know, I don't even know I'll, if I'm I'll play buy the PlayStation new shit. Five at this point. No, no. That's they. They really need to show me something. They really need to show me a reason that I ought to. Uh, it's it's not a it's not a guaranteed sell for me anymore. Yeah, I mean, you got to have like a, a exclusive that is going to, you know rock my socks off for me to get me to actually spend money to buy that that console. Yeah. So what would that be for you guys? Uh, Just theoretically. 
Well, for me, it would, it would... have to be something fairly expansive, hmm. something like something on par with like The Witcher Three. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for me, uh, I was going to say it's uh, it would be basically a renewed commitment to backwards compatibility. Basically saying, yeah. "Hey, okay, yeah. we screwed up yeah, on the yeah. PS4, uh, but now, yeah, PS1 through PS5 games are all going to run on this system." They do that. And that is 100% something they could do. It mm-hmm. is not difficult am, at all. I am 100% on board with you guys for that. Like, if, if they come out and they're just like, yeah, we're down for this, we'll, we'll keep it up, then that'll make it real easy for me to jump in the pool. Yeah. But, um, again, because going back to like what we were talking about, I don't have that concern with Microsoft at all. Like, I read something the other day where I, I don't think they're even going to change the controller for the Scarlet. Like, they'll, they'll do some additions, but, like, from what I was reading, your fucking old Xbox One controllers would work on that fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, which, ironically, remember when remember when, when Sony did that? Yeah. Remember that PS2, shit from the PlayStation yeah. 1 to the PlayStation one to PS2? Like, your same controllers are working shit? Yeah. Like, that was cool. So, you know, yeah, I don't know that. But, see, even if they renew a commitment to stick with BC, um, I don't know if they'll drop it in the middle of the generation. Because they, they, they have people in their organization that are making decisions – like that one asshole you guys were talking about who's been like, I don't see the fucking point. <laughs> and it's like, you obviously don't play games, do you, asshole? <laughs> you know? Like that's I think and I think that's the other big difference with, with Phil from Xbox is that dude plays the shit that he's fucking working on. Right. You know, and he talks to these companies and he does all this shit. It, it seems like it's it's more than just I'm you know, I'm only doing this because of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um Whereas, you know, you, from a lot of Sony's executives, it really just kind of feels like, well, how can we get the $60 out of you as efficiently as possible? And then, and again, you don't know what that's going to, if what you bought is going to be relevant and accessible, you know, by the end of everything. You know, they showed that with the PS3, they showed that with taking PT off of people's consoles and all kinds of shit. And, and then you couple that as well with like the, how difficult it is uh, if you have any fucking um, monetary issues with PSN. If you issue a chargeback, they close your fucking account. Yeah, yeah. Like that's fucking crazy. You yeah. know why would you why would you put yourself in in a position as a consumer to have less rights? You know that was the big thing that fucked Microsoft at the beginning of this generation. Remember, everybody was like, "Wait a minute, you're not gonna. We got to be connected online all the time. We got to do this. We got to do fuck you." Yeah. And you know, I would you know wouldn't surprise me. Now we're gonna see something really similar with fucking Sony. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know if you saw this uh, story on Gizmodo uh, a little while, well, about maybe a few days back, where uh, there were some PS5 rumors that Sony was going to be doing a whole some camera, some something with the camera, and they were speculating mm-hmm. this, uh, that uh, Scarlet was going to do the same thing and possibly the return of the Kinect. Uh, Twelve hours later, Micro got in, Microsoft got in touch with uh, Gizmodo and just basically said no. We are not Hell doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> so they 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 do not want that stigma again. So, no, they yeah. they could not wait to drop Kinect like a bad habit. Yeah. So anyway. yeah, though now they're doing all the AI stuff. Yeah. I, I'm just picturing uh, Phil Spencer cool. panicking when that rumor goes out, and he's like, "Oh no 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 no!" Right, he probably no. made the call himself. The fucking guy that wrote the article, like, look here. That shit is not happening, okay? Yeah. Unequivocally, not fucking happening. Yeah, you which know? is something you don't generally see very often. It's like uh, you usually yeah. hear like this corporate speak of uh, uh, we, we do not comment on rumors. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this was like yeah. just flat out no. <laughs> yeah, like somebody was like connect. 
Connect? Fuck yeah. you! I'm like, no! Don't you... No! No! Don't you fucking put that on us! What the fuck is wrong with you? Like... Yeah. Yeah, the Connect was pretty bad for them where they're taking people's games, uh, making them unplayable and all that. Yeah. With uh, the Xbox One X. Yeah. And all that. You belong me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. All right, so let's get on to the last couple of stories before we wrap up for the week. And this next one is, well, more shenanigans. Uh, this time coming from the Writers Guild of America, who uh, basically have dropped their uh, Excellence in Video Game Writing Award this year uh, because they thought that there wasn't enough uh, material, basically. Uh, and if you don't know how this works, uh, this is a peer uh, peer rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has to be voted on by other video game writers. Uh, yeah. Slight problem with that. If you're a video yeah. game writer and you join the guild, you don't have voting rights. Nope. Hey, wait, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you're a video game writer and you join the Writers Guild of America, you're not a full member and you don't get voting rights. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. So, Remember, old media hates new media. Yeah. That's the rule yeah. here. Imagine if, like, the... For the Oscars, the Emmys are like, there wasn't enough good shows. We're just not going to have awards for those. Like, no, they do it anyway because... <laughs> That's going to get them attention. Yeah. Even yeah. if Crash wins the Oscar for Best Picture. That's kind of legitimately funny, right? Like, the people that should be able to vote on this will not be able to vote on this. Yeah. Because, what? Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, they, there's a whole bunch of video game writers that could join the guild, but they don't because they don't see much point. So, yeah, I, I could join the I could join the guild, but I don't get to vote anyway. So why why bother? That's like that's like yeah. that shit. Like morale, like the floggings will continue until morale improves. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it's kind of weird to have like a a like a union that doesn't want new members. Yeah, well, they want new members as long as they're in TV and, and movies. Mm. Yeah, but it's like you would think you could expand into games because that's free and easy money to get. Yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, It's been argued somewhat for a few years now that the WGA has kind of sort of become less an actual union and more like an an actual, like, arm of the motion picture and television industry. Mm. Um, Mm. More like a company union than an actual union. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably some truth to that, but anyway, it's it's sad in a way because it's very short sighted. Uh, you, you see some of the stuff that Naughty Dog has done, uh, you know, in the Uncharted series with uh, you know The Last of Us. Uh, there's some seriously good uh, yeah. characters being written there. Seriously yeah, good absolutely. scenarios. So it's not like this is not real writing. It is. And in a lot of ways, I think it's more difficult to do because you're a writer who's working in, a, in that kind of environment has to basically think of all of the contingencies and not just one. Yeah, I don't know. This this just feels like those people being up their own fucking asses. Oh, it's totally what this is. You know? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like I said, old we media hates wanna, new media. Yeah, it's... we're just not going to let them have this because fuck them. Like, what? Like, yeah. are you that scared, you little bitches? Yeah. Is that the problem? Yep. Yeah. I think it could also be that a lot of, like, TV and movie writers are moving into games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, one of the big new writers they had for The Last of Us Part Two mm-hmm. came from working at uh, HBO. Hmm. 
on I forget what the they're definitely show circling was. the wagons. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, there it's no reason these people should have grudges against the the games right. writers. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just more gigs for them. Yep. So yeah. Well that's just yeah, I don't I don't understand that at all. That's yeah. It's just you know it's 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 basically guild really um it's a click it's what's what it is yeah it's definitely a click and I do I do think there's you know there's something to be said about like you know this old media being afraid of new media I mean like a director that I fucking love is Martin Scorsese and he came out and fucking shit on uh on the Marvel movies like you know Martin shut up. Yep. Just shut the fuck up. Like, I'm sorry this doesn't like I'm sorry this doesn't fucking pass your little fucking gatekeeping bullshit. Like this this thing where people are just so against people just enjoying something that they might enjoy is just fucking ridiculous. Like I don't uh, yeah, I don't know. He yeah, this is and of course he says this as he's got a new movie coming out that probably won't make very much money even though I'm sure it's really well done. And somebody even made a comment, like, because one of the big things in the, the new movie he did, The Irishman, mm. is he de-ages people. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, holy shit, maybe he's mad at the Marvel movies because the de-aging tech that they use looks a lot better than the shit that he used in his movies. Because <laughs> it does not look good. Like, they de-age Robert De Niro, and he looks like a mannequin. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, this this whole, that, that kind of, like, gatekeeping, like, oh, well, this thing that, that you know, obviously millions of people are into like just must be of course creatively bankrupt because we we say so yeah yeah that's, that's yeah, right, saying. Uh, so we'll get we'll end on a positive note mostly How do I do that? yeah so uh red dead 2 is uh surprise a surprise to nobody is coming to the pc uh in november uh yeah so you'll be able to get november it on, 5th. november 5th yeah if on the rockstar launcher and on Epic Game Store. Yeah, pretty much everywhere else except Steam. Uh, and yeah, Steam will have it in December. Yeah, like, wow, another launcher. Yeah, let's okay. see. Here are the list of stores getting it before Steam. Epic Game Store, uh, the Rockstar Launcher, Green Man Gaming, the Humble Store, GameStop, and additional deta- digital retailers starting October 23rd. And then, uh, let's see... It'll be available for PC to purchase on Steam this December. I wonder. It'll be on Google Stadia in November for launch title. Yeah. I wonder if you could use Green Man to like loophole that. Activate Steam key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know the funny part about this? I don't. I don't care. Like. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> like okay, so I got to wait a month. I've got like, I think my Steam library is at like four hundred. Yeah, whatever. I'll fucking wait. Fuck off. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will. I mean, at least this isn't a, uh, a one-year, you know, time exclusive. It's just a month. Right. But that's isn't that kind of like the weird thing about this, though? Right? Like, that where you see this, like some people are like, we're going to wait to put this thing on Steam. Like, I really would like to see the numbers of if there's any difference that that makes at all in terms of adoption. Because I, I, I don't think there probably is. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to see, uh, like, the... Uh... I think the timed exclusivity for Metro Exodus ends, I think, in February of 2020. Uh, yeah. So we're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at to see how that game sells afterwards on Steam. See how many people actually buy it. Uh, yeah. Like, so there was a bunch of people that pre-ordered it on Steam. Yeah. That got and locked it. it in beforehand. Yeah. So there is that, but 
Yeah, I just I'm, I'm fascinated by that idea. Like, because especially what's interesting about this one compared to like uh, Borderlands Three, as you can tell, like Rockstar is just like, well, just let's get as much money as we can for a month, and then let's release it to the thing that everybody has. Yeah, you know, like that that in and of itself to me says a lot. Hmm. Where they're just like, yeah, no, it is take two. I mean, they will get as much money out of you as they possibly can. No, absolutely, and we know that they're going to hedge their bets as best they can to make as much money as they can, which I'm not I'm not really mad about, but it, I think it's very telling that it's only for a month. Yeah. So. I think they're also like, we're going to get fucking money out the ass either way, so might as well lessen the amount of time. Yeah. yeah. We'll take I wonder how many money. people. I wonder how many people waited on that, like, legitimately. Because it was a huge game. Oh, last year. Yeah. I mean, I know there's like the I know there's like the the PC Master Race people that were like, I'm not fucking playing anything unless I can fucking play it at like 357 frames a second, and make my eyeballs melt. Well, I but, waited. Well, that's true. Phil waited. Yeah. So tell us, Phil. Yeah, uh, Phil. Yeah. Well, I waited. I mean, I want to play it on. Seeing as like I've been playing a lot more games on my PC in general lately. It, yeah. it just, you know, it's the Makes platform sense. I want to play on now. Mm-hmm. So, and I, yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. But so, but is this one of those things like, so with this specifically, are you going to rush out in November and buy it on like Epic Game Store? Or are you going to wait for Steam? Uh, no, I'll just wait. Right. Cause you're, I imagine your attitude at this point is, well, I waited this fucking long. Yeah. Another month is not going to kill me. And besides, right. I'll just, that'll, uh, you know, that'll give it some time for some cool mods to start coming out. So. Yeah, that's one thing that I'm uh, I'm very curious to see what they'll do with that because that's uh, God, some of the shit that they did in GTA Five. Yeah, exactly. Holy fuck. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, but you could get on Rockstar Games Launcher where if you could get GTA San Andreas for free. Yeah, right. I downloaded Launcher and I did Red Dead Redemption Two. And you get mm-hmm. let's see, it says two free Rockstar games from the following: GTA Three, Vice City, San Andreas, Bully Scholarship Edition, LA Noir, or Max Payne Three. Hmm. Oh, so I could pre-order there and then get fill out the rest of my GTA collection. And you ensure they get all the money instead of seventy <laughs> percent of the money. Yeah, and that's yeah, really I think LA Noir is underrated. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so uh, we're going to yeah, wrap it up yeah. for the week. Uh, it's been a great show, guys. Uh, thank yeah. you for joining us. I feel uh, like the title of the show should be "We'll Wait." Yeah, we'll wait. For, we'll wait for the PS5. Yeah. We'll wait for Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. We'll wait on Ghost Recon Breakpoint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll wait on FIFA. If anybody's actually going to buy that shit, mm. you know, we'll wait on PlayStation now. Yeah, we'll just wait in general. Yeah, I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I'd like to remind everybody: if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can do so at Anchor.fm/slash/DayZeroUpdate. Uh, hit the button. Choose your platform. Get your, get yourself subscribed. Uh, you can also leave us a message. Yeah, we nobody has done that yet. So uh, yeah, hit the message and send us something. We'll probably yes. play it as long as it's not completely obscene. Yeah, yeah. Well, I might play it anyway, just because. You know, <laughs> just for fun. I was gonna yeah. say if we get something really so obscene. The, we should totally play that shit. For the longest time, EGM did have the psycho letter of the month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could potentially do that. So hey, the button is there, waiting for you to click it and record something. Uh, so also uh, check us out at smashpad.com where we have uh, our written content and there'll be some more stuff coming up soon too. Uh, so with that, I have been Filippo Donolfo and for Patrick Mifflin, Chris Hologi, Brandon Perkins, and Lee Lamb, we'll see you next week. <laughs>